At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I was thinking earlier about one of the songs that we sang. I think it was the third song today that we sang. And uh, we're in the song. I wrote down several of the things that it said that you've been my healer, my defender, my provider, and a number of other things. And you can think of all the different things that God has been to us and in our lives. And you know, <clears throat> when you start out in the kingdom, when you start out in the things of God, you, you don't really understand that. You don't really understand what it is that He is your healer when you're starting out. You, you're beginning to get an idea, you're hearing the Word taught, you hear things about God, our healer. He is <clears throat> Jehovah Rapha, who is our healer. You hear things about it, but, but really you don't totally understand it. You know, when um, you hear that he's your provider, you know, okay, you, your head is thinking one thing, and yet your life is like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, and... Uh, over time, if you stay with it, if you don't get discouraged because you totally don't understand it, then you'll get it. I can remember, just giving you an example, I can remember when I first started hearing over 47 years ago, first started hearing about the things of God. And I, I, remember, the, I remember one of the first messages I ever heard from a guy. And... Um, I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I, I've been lied to all my life. What, 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 what is this stuff? What's this guy talking about? And uh, I begin to hear it and receive it. Um, I would hear testimonies of how people received their healing. Something came against their physical body and they chose not to go to the doctors and they chose to believe God, you know, and I thought, Wow, that's kind of scary, you know? What do you mean you don't go to a doctor? Well, the Bible doesn't say you don't go to a doctor. The Bible says you believe Him. Amen? It's not about what you go to or what you don't go to. It's how you receive from Him. And over time, I continually learned to receive from Him. Maybe things came against my body and I took medicine, you know, but I was still believing God. And I can remember like it was yesterday... When something hit my body, I was living in the Rio Grande Valley, and I mean, I woke up one morning, I owned my own business, and I, I woke up that morning thinking I couldn't even move the way I felt. And I had heard somebody several years previous say, make this comment. When something comes against your body, what, is, what would a healed man do? If you didn't feel the way you felt, what would you do? Well, I'd get up and go to work. And, I mean, you know, I, I would hear that and I'd think, oh, man, what, what the heck is, what, what is that all about? And one day I, I woke up, 7 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't feel like getting up. I didn't feel like doing anything. I felt horrible. Had a temperature, and it was 100 degrees outside, and my body was probably 120. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And I just heard that statement. 
what would healed men do? Healed men get up out of bed and quit complaining and go to work. You know, don't go breathing on people and contaminate people because there's stuff in your body. If you're denying that, you're a liar. Not denying that there's symptoms, denying the right for those symptoms to remain, and it became revelation, but it took a lot of years to come to that place where I realized that. That morning I got up, I left, I went out, worked on the cars out of own business. I went to car dealerships, and I went to dealership after dealership, and I felt worse about 11 o'clock in the morning. But at 2 o'clock that afternoon, all the symptoms were gone, and I was totally well. Because I did what I heard. Not what I had heard from someone else, just trying to copy what someone else did. Well, you know, a heel man would go to work, and I'm under pressure to go to work. No, 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 no. I heard that when I woke up that morning. I heard it. I had heard it before. I'd thought a lot about it, but that morning I heard it from within. And when I stepped out in it and didn't quit that day and give up because after about three hours I didn't feel much better, by 2 o'clock that afternoon, I mean 2 o'clock from 7 in the morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, all the symptoms were gone in my body. I've learned how to hear God about what I do. Did you hear what I'm saying? You learn how to do that. You know, I could have, there were all kind, there's all kinds of natural things you can do for your body, and I do those things. I do them on a daily basis. But I could have taken natural things. I could have gone and got something, could have gone, gone to the doctor that morning. I could have done this, whatever. But I heard God tell me, ask me, what would a healed man do? He'd get up and go to work. And I just heard the Lord say, Go. You say, well, how did you hear that? I, I don't know. It wasn't an audible voice. It was something inside of me. Get up and go. And from that day on, I've learned how to hear God. Because again, it wasn't that I didn't do anything else that caused me to be well. It was that I did what I heard. And the reason I brought you that example because today we're talking about redeeming the times, and last week we were talking about the importance of walking in the love of God in our everyday life. And you might be thinking today, well, you know, well, I, I walk in love. Yeah, but here's the thing. In all of us, when you hear something like what I shared last week and what I'm sharing again today, kind of part two of what I was sharing last week, when you hear that talked about, about walking in the love of God, your head thinks one thing, but it depends on your experience and what you've done with what you've heard from God when the opportunity to walk out of love is present and you choose to walk in love. And we, in the same way where I had to learn how to receive healing from God by hearing from God, God wants us in 2024 and beyond to allow the level of revelation in our life of what walking in love truly is to become alive inside of us. We've got to step it up to see results in our life. Walking in love, living in the love of God was a commandment 
that God gave to the disciples. He said, a new commandment I'm giving you, and we'll read the verse of Scripture in, in a moment, but he said, a new commandment, and that is loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So there's actually three commandments there. Number one, loving God. Number two, loving yourself. And number three, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And your neighbor is anybody that's not you. It's not your next door neighbor. It, 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 it needs to be <laughs> your next door neighbor also. Both sides behind you and everything else. But it's everybody else on the planet. And uh, today, I, I want to, I got a number of things I want to say that I want to stir you with, and I'm going to read a number of verses of Scripture, and I'm going to read one passage that it'll take a little bit for you to dig out what I'm trying to get over to you from this passage, but I want you to hear me regarding this. Can you say amen? amen. I said last week that, <clears throat> I said before the first of the year, that, I, that I've, what I heard from God was, and I'm giving it to you, you know, I, I stand in one of the five-fold ministry offices of the pastor, the under-shepherd, and I'm giving you something that from that office that I heard from God. I'm no different than you. I'm just a child of the living God like you are. You and all of us, we're children of the living God. We've been put on the earth and given the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile people over to God. But in the five-fold ministry, and as you saw different representations of it in our Word First Conference, and as we do every year, <clears throat> I operate in that, and when I hear something from God in that office, I'm giving it to you as from God to you, and then you do something with it, amen, if you believe in that. And I said to you, and I, I made this statement, that the, in this year, this year is about unselfishness in the midst of a me-me society, everything about me learning to live an unselfish life. And we read this verse of Scripture, um, Philippians 4, 5 in the Amplified Classic. It says, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, for the Lord is near, He is coming soon. <clears throat> As I was studying this verse again, looking in, in one of my study Bibles and, and, and actually in the, in the literal Greek in this passage right here, as I was studying it, it mentioned in, in the unselfishness and the considerateness, the considerateness demonstrating unconditional love. Demonstrating love that is not conditional. And you know, I've heard that statement for years and years and years and years. And every time that you and I use the word but, when we're talking about something we don't like in someone else or we don't, you know, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, but. Now it becomes conditional. See, if they just didn't. If this situation was not, you, you just don't understand. No, I don't, but he does. <clears throat> In fact, Jesus has already been where you've been. 
He's actually been where you haven't even been yet. And the unlovely situations that you're going to face in the future, and that's not a bad confession, that's the absolute truth, because you live in an ungodly world. Society. Because of that, you got some more situations already out there, but he's already been there before you get there. So, man, it's, it's win-win. It's like, a, it's like you say, well, yeah, no, yeah, we're, we're being tested out there. Yeah, but it's open book. Bible's open. God has every answer how to overcome every situation that we face. Man. Huh? <clears throat> so this unconditional considerateness, forbearing spirit needs to be known to, you know, the people I like. Gosh, it'd be nice if it said that, because we could get away with a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, but see, I don't like that guy. We used to like him. Yeah, but he did something, and now I don't like him. The Bible says I don't have to do that. Only the people I like. Didn't say that. He said, let all men. Well, but there's some women I don't like. Just said all men, not women. No. No, that, that word there means Man and man with the womb. That's the way that word is defined right there. He said, let all, all men know. Man and man with the womb. That's everybody. And, and you know there's only two of us, right? <clears throat> right? No matter what everybody else says, there's just two of us. Because God made us that way, just two of us. And however you were birthed, however you were conceived, I'll say this. No matter what you do to your body, you still got that same DNA. You're either him or her. Anyway, we won't go there. <clears throat> Glory to God. Amen? So, unconditional unselfishness, unconditional considerateness, no matter what. So, I, I've really been mulling this thing over. Why, God, are you speaking? I mean, he, I, I've, I've tried to like... Okay, but I'm gonna, I want to do this. No. No, because if you don't get this, if you don't get this, if we don't get this and do something with it, none of the rest of the stuff that we need will matter. Because without the love of God, operational in your life continuously every day, every minute of every day, learning to hear the voice of the Spirit of God and how to walk in love in difficult situations? Because walking in love is difficult. But thank God we got the one who knows everything about everything and knows how to do it like nobody else. He lives inside of us. <clears throat> yeah, but you don't know. No, I don't. And I know there's some horrible situations that have happened in people's lives. Horrible situations that have happened to people. And not one of those horrible situations that ever happened did God give his stamp of approval on. But I promise you, he's put his stamp of approval on your and my deliverance so that we can walk the way he wants us to walk because the way you act and the way you react into people's lives is a seed. And you will reap what you sow. 
No matter what anybody else has done to you, you will reap what you sow. That's why we have to understand this. The other day I was talking about me personally. The other day I was in a situation and, I mean, because if, if you if you made, if you, everybody's got a, got a list in your mind of things that people do that irritate you, okay? And if you tell me that's not true, you're lying. <laughs> yeah, Pastor, I'm hearing what you're saying, you know, and, and, and you, you might want to ignore this stuff that's like screaming in your head. So it doesn't matter. I mean, that's, it. that's life. That's common to man. And that's okay, but we got the tools to learn how to deal with those things. And the other day, I was thinking about this person that kind of irritated me, and I found myself like staring, thinking about it. And you know, when you're thinking about somebody that irritates you, you don't have this big smile on your face and like, like joy and just dancing and jumping and shouting and so happy and woo! No, you're with a scowl, you know. And the more you scowl, like the, the indentions stay in your head. You got to get rid of that scowl. <laughs> but I was thinking about this, and I, I, I heard the Lord say, what are you going to do about that? And if you say, I don't know, you need to know. That's the first thought I had, but I didn't say it, but he already knew it because he knows your thoughts. Hmm? I, I don't know. Because see, what has to be developed in us, and now I'm, I'm, this all just kind of preface, I'm going to just jump into a few more verses of Scripture about it. But what's got to be developed in us is the want to. Because when you if God asks you a question like that and you say you don't know, it's because you don't really want to. And the only way I know to break the, the not want to thing is do it. Do the opposite of what you want to do. And the more you do the opposite, the more it will become a part of your life. So think about that as we read a few more verses. In the Colossians 4, 5, and 6 that we read last week, I want to read this last verse from last week. In the New Living, it says, Live wisely among those who are not believers, and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. So, how the gracious and attractive is the love of God. And you say, well, well how is that the love of God? Well, I'm glad you asked. In 1 Corinthians 13, which are all the, or many of the attributes of the love of God, starting with verse 4, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, it says this. Love is patient, and it's kind. That doesn't mean you are, but love is. But you can make the choice 
to be kind and patient. You can just choose to. Like, for instance, if you live with somebody that is like always late, they're late for everything, and you're always hounding them, and you get in strife and division because you want to be on time and they're late. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could get arrested for being late, right? I mean, it's like illegal. Oh, that's what it appears like, right? So what if you didn't care about being late and you chose in that person's life to be patient and kind? First thing that would happen is the person that was being late would probably fall over and faint. Hmm? Especially if there had been constant contention over a number of years. Holy Spirit will show you things that you're not obligated to. In, in, in Romans chapter 8, it would be good for you to go read about it. But it makes this statement in Romans chapter 8. We're not obligated to the things of the flesh. We're obligated to the Spirit. Would the Spirit of God tell you to sow into someone's life even if it made you late? I don't know. You've got to hear from him. I'm just giving you an example. Because you think, well, that's not being responsible. No, but see, we're not responsible to the things of the flesh. Go read it in Romans 8, about 14, somewhere in there, 12 and 14. We're not responsible to the things of the flesh. We're responsible to hear the voice of God, and He wants strife and division stopped in the contention you've been having over being late. So he could tell you, just be patient and let it go. Love that person. Be kind to that person. Because he wants you to be now sowing love seeds instead of strife and division seeds. Because you will reap what you sow. No matter what. You reap what you sow. And the thing about it is the kingdom of God and the way the kingdom is already set up. See, that you sow a bad seed and something bad happened. That's not God coming after you. That's the kingdom of God and what's been set in motion by the kingdom of God manifesting. See, because the kingdom and its rule and reign in the earth, it never forgets a seed sown. <laughs> it never forgets a seed sown, and, and it, you always reap after your kind. So you sow kindness, what happens? Reap kindness. If you have an attitude that seems like everybody's rude to you, Think it through. So, love is not jealous it's, or boastful. I'm reading this in the New Living Translation, but I didn't say that. It's, it's, it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. You might be, but love isn't. So, you need to learn to be like love because we're going to read in a moment that the Scripture says God is 
He's not, he doesn't walk in love, he is love. So when you're not rude, you're, you're acting like God. Because love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. Whew. It's not irritable. Ooh. It keeps no record of being wronged. Yeah, but you remember what you did to me 17 and a half years ago, 13 minutes and 45 seconds ago. Not, not love. You do, maybe. Keep record and keep it, but you don't, you don't even need to write it down. I was... <laughs> I'll just tell you this story. Maybe this isn't one that most of you remember. I told it a long, long time ago. I'd been here for about... <clears throat> we'd been here in Kerrville for about a year or two. And uh, I had to drive my mother in her car to her sister's in Reno, Nevada. And I drove her from here to there, and then I flew home. But while I was there, <clears throat> my aunt was telling me about Bally's, um, what is it? Casino, yeah. Bally, Bally Casino is the lar- at the time in Reno, was the largest casino in the world. I said, man, I gotta go check that out. So I went there and walked through. It was like in the middle of the day. Man, I mean, you couldn't believe the people that were gambling in this place. And so uh, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me a roll of quarters and just, you know, do that and just see what happened. So I, I changed me a roll of quarters and I got them and I was just going to play the quarter machines at, at this Bally's. And, uh, and so I came up to this waiter and I said, so I said, I'm not really good at this, but uh, so I've only done this maybe two or three times as years ago. I said, so what, what should I do? And, and the, the waiter, it was a guy, he said, just follow me. I said, what do you mean? He said, just follow me. He said, I'm delivering drinks and stuff, but just follow me. Just stay with me. I said, okay. So I'm following him around, <laughs> walking around. And he goes, he stops. He goes, see that, see that older gentleman right there? I said, yeah. He said, if he doesn't win anything, he said, go and put all your quarters in that machine, play him five across to win. Okay? And he showed me what to do on another machine. So I was waiting for that guy, waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, that guy hits the machine, you know, and he walks off. <laughs> so I go up to the machine, and I throw these quarters in. Do, it back there, had the handle, you know. <clears throat> did it again, the handle, and did it again. Boom. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, 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 I won like, what was it, like $270 or something like that. And it says, do you want just the money back or you want the quarters? I said, man, I want, to hear, I want the quarters to come blowing out of this thing, you know. <clears throat> so here it is, and boom, all this money comes out of the machine. All these quarters come out of the machine. So, you know, so that, that was it, and I went on. And, and so I came back, and I was telling this story at church. And... Uh, there was a lady in the church, and that was her last day at our church <laughs> because I had gone to Bally's and I was gambling. You know? And I thought, no, I just wanted to see what the machine did, and God bless me. <laughs> I left there with 270 bucks. 
you know, but whatever. I mean, I'm not encouraging anybody to do it that way. I'm just saying I, I was just there and messing around, and it was a big shopping mall in the place, you know, and the whole thing. And I just thought, well, so I won 270 bucks. And that lady left. And uh, it was probably eight years later, I think, we, we see this lady. She just left and never said a thing, never could find her. People that have left the church, if they leave, I've, I've wanted to know, you know, why are you leaving? And, you know, try to find people and make sure of that or whatever if somebody leaves our church. And uh, I never could find that lady. But like eight years later, I saw it, saw that lady. And she was talking to us, to me, like it was yesterday that I did the thing to her. She had kept score, kept that list, and probably spoke against me every day and what I'd done and how I'd ruined her life or whatever because I'd, you know, spent $10 in a, in a machine. And, and I thought, you know, I remember then, and I've, and I've thought about that many times, how can you live your life moved by what someone else does? It's because there's a devil out there that's always reminding you of the things of the past. And the love of God is there to teach us how to be aggressively loving. Not, not just trying to love. I mean, sometimes you've got to do that. Like I said, You've got to do the opposite of what you want to do. But God wants you to become a passionate lover of people in every way. Because He is love. He is kind. He doesn't do this. See, whose life was ruined as a result of that or, or, or disrupted? Not mine. It was this lady keeping score. And I mean, it really hurt my heart that something that I had done because, you know, if, if that upset you and you, you can't receive from me because I, you know, put $10 in a, in, a, in, a, in a machine in Reno, Nevada, just messing around, you know, if that bothers you, I mean, I'm not a gambler. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't gamble. I mean, you know, I used to gamble on the golf course for many years, you know, when I played golf and gamble with people because I had money and I, you know, when you have money and you gamble, you usually win. See, when you don't have any money and you're trying to, you know, hit the jackpot, you know, you can't really win. Uh, you, a lot of times you don't win as a result of that. But if that, if something like that, if I knew that that bothered somebody, I wouldn't do it, you know. I didn't think that people would, that lady would have been moved by that. I was, I tried to make it as low key as it was that I, you know, one $270 was just kind of making a joke out of it. But for eight years after that, this lady's in turmoil because she's talking to me when she saw me and kind of spewing at me like it was yesterday. That's not the love of God. Did you hear what I said? That's not the love of God. But we, we've all probably at different times, maybe not to that extreme, but we've all held on to things like that that God wants us delivered of. And the way you get delivered of things that you have in your heart from the past is by sowing the love of God in other people's lives. One of our connect groups that we're doing as a result of having Riley Stevenson here and, and what we had at our Word First conference, 
one of our connect groups is an, ev- a, a, an evangelism connect that we're, where we're going to teach on it and we're going to go into the community and, and just evangelize the community, just sow into people, not, not in a religious way, but in a loving way. 1 Timothy 2 says that, it's, that it pleases Jesus our Savior for us to pray for all people and it pleases Him And what's in accordance with that is that all people be saved and all people come to the knowledge of the truth. How are they going to do that if we're not out learning how to love people? And it's not just trying to love somebody on the streets or, you know, out out in some business or whatever. You, 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 if, if you, if your job and your career is in the boardroom, the boardroom of corporations need to be evangelized. Can you say amen? We've got to touch the hearts of people. But you'll never do it without walking in the love of God because you'll find yourself offended by what other people do. We have to be delivered of that. We have to be set free of that. And, and these characteristics, you can go and read the rest of them. I won't read all, all of these. But these characteristics of the love of God, the nature of God, God is love. And His nature is these things. And so when I find myself being rude, I need to work on that. And that's what God said to me before the first of the year in bringing this word and this message about redeeming the times that we're living in. Man, in the times we're living in, people are angry everywhere. What better time in the history of the world for you and I to be walking in the love of God, learning and developing that love walk day by day by day. Can you say amen to that? God wants you and I to learn it and to implement it every single day. Not just every once in a while. It's not something that we're trying to do. It's something we're developing on the inside of us. Can you say amen? <clears throat> I, I, I love this statement. I've, I've had it for many years, and you've heard it. If you've been around here at all, you've heard this many times. But how a person treats you or how a person treats me is a reflection of them. How I respond is a reflection of me. So if I'm, if I'm taking the old, you know, Texas tradition <clears throat> that you hit me on this side, I'll hit you on the other side, right? If somebody does something to you that you're going to do it back, but, but remember, when somebody treats me in a certain way that's not godly, that's a reflection of what's going on in them. So what God's taught me and is continuing to teach me is you look beyond what you see in the natural and you realize what's really going on on the inside. And if you can be trusted with that, God will show you things about people to help them, not to criticize them, judge them, and expose them. All that other stuff, he said, you leave that to me. I need you to pray for all people. I need you to love all people. I need you to minister to people and give them my love and who I am in their lives because people know how bad they are. They already know that in the back of their minds. Whether they admit it or not, people know how bad they are. They don't need you and I continually reminding them about how bad it is and and on and on and on. You don't like that. I don't like people telling me how bad that I am in a certain area. But if I'm doing things that are not right and it's not good, I want to make the changes in myself. 
I don't want to blame other people. I'm not a victim. I will never be a victim. I'm not a victim. How about you? Amen? We're not victims. We don't have to be. We have the creator of the universe living inside of us, empowering us to overcome every situation we face, not just some of them, but all of them. But we've got to learn the mechanics of this. We've got to be willing to go to another level. And, and here's the thing. You learn to walk in love issue by issue, not week to week. Because a lot of gray areas in the week to week. But you do it issue by issue, learning to hear God about how you handle the situation. And you know what? You know, there's basic principles in this that I'm talking about today. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's learning how to hear the voice of God in how we demonstrate the love. And how I do it in a situation may be totally different than the way Dale does it. So you can't, you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to learn how to hear from God. And when you do and you start producing results and it starts changing you, you know you're hearing from Him. Because hearing from God and then doing what He says always produces. <laughs> it's just, did you really hear from Him? Yeah, but Pastor, you didn't know what they did and, you know, fact that I slapped him, you know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'll repent later, but I, okay, you know, uh, that's good. You, you can repent or whatever, but I don't want to keep cleaning things up. I don't want to retaliate and get my thing in and then repent. And I want to do what's right first. Amen. That's what produces the results. Absolute results. So how a person treats you is a reflection of them. They're reflecting what's going on on the inside, but how you respond to that reflects what's going on on the inside of you. And to me, that's a really good thing because I can judge myself and judge what I need to change. I read 1 Corinthians 13, those few verses there, verse 4 through 8, I read that all the time, reminding myself, and as I read it, you know, <clears throat> so much of the time, Holy Spirit will tell me, you know what? You were rude or whatever it was. You were rude in that situation. Oh, but, you know, that, I mean, that was somebody on the phone that I don't even know. Yeah? Yeah. But your rudeness affected them. And that's not me. I would have never done that. God's saying that to me. He would have never done that. Because, see, Love of God is never rude because it doesn't matter what someone else does. Thank God that Jesus didn't respond and choose based on how everybody treated him. He responded based on what God said. He said, I came to the earth not to do what I want, but to do what he wants. And in the garden, we saw something in a, in, in, a, in a powerful way, in, in a way that, that a lot of people can't even understand, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, we saw the Father's will and Jesus' will not the same. Because Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way, but not my will, but yours be done. God, 
I get chills when I think about that. Why? Why? Because he was fixing as a, as a man, all God but all man, he was fixing to go through what no human being would have ever gone through or ever will go through. He took everything on himself. And in the flesh, doubts came. There's a perfect example that we're not held accountable for what we think in our head. It's what we do. Jesus had thoughts. Don't tell me he didn't. He was a 100% human being, just like you and I. He was born into the earth, just like you and I, except he came directly from the sperm of the Father. And he had to make a choice. Not my will, but yours to be done. God, if there's any other way, if there's any other, that's why in the garden he began to sweat drops of blood because he was realizing what he was going to have to go through. Wow. Come on. John 13. And verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you love one another as I've loved you. You don't love one another the way you think you should. You love one another as he's loved you. That you also love one another by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. But if we have love one for another the way he loved us, so I've got to know how he loved me so that I can love my neighbor like no other. John 15 and 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. My joy, He said, remain in you and that your joy be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm. His joy that endured the cross must become your and my joy to overcome in everyday life, every single time. Remember the Bible, the, the, the Scripture in the Bible, Old Testament? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy that was set before Him to endure the cross, to take everything on Himself, there was joy in that because He chose to. Now, in everyday life, when I face things or there's opposition in so many different ways, and in the climate that we're living in today, there's oppositions coming from everywhere. I'm choosing to do what He did and count it all joy. And we see from the garden that He counted it by faith joy. Father, if there be any other way let this cup pass from me. But I choose to rejoice because it's your plan and your plan is perfect and it'll work every single time and now we've got to apply that in walking in love every single day. It will work every single time. And you'll never be taken advantage of. Not when the, not when the Holy Spirit is leading you. 
you'll never be taken advantage of. Walking in love will never deplete you. Walking in love will bring you low in the form of humility, but it'll exalt you at the proper time. You'll never lose, ever. You know why? Because in the 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8 says, one translation, it says, love never fails. The new living said, but love will last forever. All other kind of things can try to fail or not happen, but love will always be there. Can you say amen to that? So I say it again, His joy endured the cross, and we must allow His joy, because He gave us His joy, because His joy is tested and tried, and we've got to receive His joy, and we've got to make it a part of our, ourself, and it's got to be ours so that we can overcome everything the way He overcame. So you get the picture here, You're never gonna, you and I are never going to overcome anything without overcoming exactly according to His plan and purpose. We have to use His tools, His ways, His thinking for us to ever overcome anything. So we count it all joy when we encounter various trials knowing that the testing of our faith is producing something in us. It's producing the nature of love, which is God. That's a glorious thing to me. Several things I just want you to think about as I bring this to a close. Love never harms anyone, and it never will. It's never harmed, and it'll never harm anybody. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Biggest lie ever told. Huh? That's the devil's number one slogan. And he wants you to believe it. Words destroy. Can you say amen? Love words have never hurt anybody and never will. Never, ever, ever. Love is about what you do, not what others do. And, And that's got to be adjusted in our thinking. Love is about what you do not what others do to you. Remember, faith works by love. No love, no faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you can't have real Bible faith. I'm not just talking about just, you know, messing around with it. But you'll never have real Bible-developed faith if you're not practicing walking in love in every situation you find yourself in. That's what I say 2024 is about a life of unselfishness by walking in the love of God. Unselfishness is not a weakness. A lot of people think that being unselfish is a weakness where you're just letting people just have their... No, not when you're led by the Spirit. He shows you how to do it and how to be productive in how you do that. Not easy. Takes time. Doesn't just happen like a magic show. You have to develop that through God's Word, but when you do, it's amazing 
what comes to you and what comes to us through that. And I want to I want to end today just reading this passage, and I want you to think about this passage as, as I read this. <clears throat> and I, I, before I read this passage, I'm just reminding you. The two commandments that Jesus gave, the new commandment, was to love God and to love your neighbor. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what you and I have to make a part of our life every day, is learning how to love people the way we love ourselves. I'll just say this. If you're not loving yourself, your neighbor is suffering. You're not loving yourself. Your neighbor is suffering. Because you're supposed to love your neighbor, which is everybody else but you, the way you love yourself and the way that God loved you. So when you learn to understand how God loved you and you're able to love yourself, you're able to demonstrate that love to your neighbor. Can you say amen? And I just feel like that this is probably one of the best passages that really drive this point home. And it's found in Ephesians 5 and starting with verse 25. <clears throat> we went past what, the, what it said about the wives. And we're going to just look at the, at the mailman. <clears throat> Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Verse 32, and I'll end with this. This is a great mystery, talking about husband and wife, but he said, I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we have to see, first and foremost, the Bible says, that God wants us to be that considerate person to those who are not saved. But he said in another passage, he wants us to be, to walk in love and be kind and these kind of things, especially to those of the household of the faith. This passage about husbands and wives that I feel like a lot of the church is just totally tortured, horribly tortured, and got people where, you know, they run from marriages because they don't understand the roles that are, are there. But you can't understand those roles until you understand the role of Jesus in the church. Right? He said, a husband, meaning he's like Jesus, the way Jesus, he 
so loved the calling that was on his life to give himself for you, showing how much he loved you. God so loved the world that he gave the best of heaven, which was his son, right? And the son chose to receive the Father's will because of his love for you. Now, you and I are to choose how to walk in that love, that same kind of love, on a day-to-day basis. And as we walk in that love and demonstrate that love, we're able to see how we can lay our lives down for other people the way Jesus laid his life down for us. That right there is something that has to be processed and developed in your and my life or we'll never get it. We'll never get it. What he said to husbands about wives, he was actually talking about you need to understand the way Jesus loved the church and he gave himself and never backed away. Never backed away and never backed off. You love yourself the way Jesus loved his calling in himself to lay your life down for others. That's the key to our success in the days that we're living in. Redeeming the times because they're evil times, but we can begin to make the environments around us totally different because of the love walk and walking in the love of God. Can you say amen today? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.